Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're about to experience a life given message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Speak, Lord, and we are ready. Come on, grab a seat. Let's go to work. So this series this month, as you know, is Divine Detox. And what is a divine detox? It is the spiritual and natural process and period of time from which one abstains or rids themselves of toxins. So this entire month, you're going through a process. And here's what I need you to know about processes. Process may not be pretty, but it has a purpose. Mm. Process may not always feel good, but it's for your good. Process may not be something that you enjoy in the moment, but it'll be something that you look back and it gives you joy because it has made you into something better. And I need every person to hear me. Never be afraid of a process when God is controlling the process because he's going to make sure that that thing produces the intended result. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. So this month, it's a spiritual and natural process and the period of time, which means this process takes time. You didn't get toxic overnight, so sometimes you're not going to detox overnight. But what I can promise you is if you stick with me for this series, by the end of August, I pray and prophesy over your life that every area you've been toxic, that God will have detoxed you. If you receive that, I just want you to worship God for three seconds right there. Go three. Come on, Facebook, too. Come on, YouTube, in those comments. Come on, on the app and the website. Come on, so make this declaration in the comments. Say, he's detoxing me. He's detoxing me. He's not going to leave me the way that he found me. He's not going to leave me the way that I came. He's going to detox me. So it's the process and period of time in which one abstains, which means there are certain things that you have to stay away from. It is impossible to detox from something if you keep putting yourself around toxic people, places, things, and ideas. And for some of you, I need you to hear me. God was the one that shut the friendship down. God was the one that shut the relationship off. God was the one that got you out of that place. God was the one that got you away from those people. Why? Because you can't detox if you keep getting around the toxic thing. And I pray that you would not, watch me, you ready for this? I pray you wouldn't be sad over what God had to shut off. Mm. 
I pray you wouldn't be sad about what God had to shut down. I pray that you would not walk around crying about something that God had to cut off. He had to cut it off so that you could abstain from what was making you toxic. For some of you, there's some things you used to have a taste for or a desire for or a reach for and God took the taste away from you. He said, I don't even want you around that. I don't even want you going after that. For some of you, what you're attracted to has changed. I feel like preaching this morning. What you are attracted to has changed because God says what you're attracted to is toxic for you. Watch me. It's not that it's bad, but it's bad for you. It's not that they're a bad person, they're bad for you. It's not that it's negative, it's negative for you. I wish you knew when God was so into you. Come here, Psalm 37 23. He delights in the details of your life, which means there are certain things God says, I needed you to abstain from it because you didn't even know how toxic it was. I needed you to abstain from, here it is, chasing after people because you didn't even realize you were chasing after poison. You were running after poison to be present in your life. But I'm so glad you're in the midst of a divine detox. Please type that in the comments, divine detox, divine detox it is the process and period of time of which one abstains or rids themselves pay attention sometimes there are things that god says you have to get rid of what thoughts do you have to get rid of what sloppy habits do you have to get rid of what what crazy speech do you have to get rid of you ready what bad ideologies do you have to get rid of see i taught you this so far that god has sent you to the earth with the kingdom in you to manifest the kingdom around you he sent you into the earth to manifest the kingdom around you say i've been sent on assignment come on i need you to make that declaration say i've been sent on assignment i luke 17 21 the kingdom of god is within you it's within you it's not here or there. God sent you to the earth with something in you. And I've taught you that what he sent in you is the kingdom. Hear me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When God wanted to change the earth, what he did was send you full of heaven so that you could change the earth around you. Which means you were sent to the earth to be an answer. Let's talk. You were sent to the earth on assignment to change environments. And for some of you, this is what you don't even recognize how powerful your presence is. Because your presence shifts environments. Your presence makes demonic spirits back up. That's why they look at you funny when you walk in. That's because when you showed up, heaven showed up and hell got to go. When you show up at the family reunion, all of a sudden they start putting their red cups up. Y'all ain't going to say that. Why? Because when you showed up, you brought heaven down to the earth. God sent you to the earth with the kingdom in you to manifest the kingdom around you and the kingdom has three distinct attributes. Number one, it's heaven's attributes in the earth. I've taught you that so far in this series, which means righteousness, peace, and joy. I've taught you that from the book of Romans. So God says, I placed in you righteousness, peace, and joy, and it is your responsibility to manifest that around you. Number two. It is God's MO, his modus operandi. It is how God does what he does, when he does, and when he does everything, he does it well. His thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are higher than ours. So when you're manifesting the kingdom, something in you is going to reach for something greater than you. And I've come to tell you, for many of you, what's been happening in you, the reason you've not been comfortable is because the kingdom has begun to reach. Hmm. What he put in you is beginning to reach and you can't be satisfied. You can't be stagnant. All of a sudden you woke up one morning and said, watch me, I got to do more because the kingdom is beginning to awaken in you. Y'all better talk to me. It's reaching for more. You said, I can't just sit back. I got to help my man of God build this. And I don't have to live in Denver or Atlanta. I can live anywhere. I got to help. I got to do what I can do. Why? Because the kingdom is reaching. All of a sudden, you said, I got to move. Why? The kingdom is reaching. All of a sudden, you said, I got to connect. The kingdom is reaching. I wish for those of you in the building, touch two people and tell them, say, the reach is on. The reach is on. In the comments, you type it. The reach is on. It's reaching. God's modus operandi. How God does what he does when he does because he does all things well it's reaching in you and number three it is becoming who God says you are and possessing what God said you can see you are becoming something and you're becoming something to possess something you don't become a doctor to live like a nurse 
You missed it. Now, there's nothing wrong with a nurse. It's that though when you became a doctor, watch me, you have to be addressed differently. Come on. Why? Because when you became who God, when you become who God says you are, it changes what you have the ability to possess. And I'm going to tell you, Bishop, what is God making me into? Revelation 5.10. Come here. A king and a priest. That means you're spiritual and successful. It's not either or. It's both and. This is why, watch me, for some of you, people respect you in a way they don't respect anybody else. Let's talk. People treat you differently than they treat other people because when you're becoming what God created you to be, it's so that you can possess something at another level. David had a king in him the whole time, so David had to fight a king's battle since he was a young man. And I came to tell some of y'all, it's your battles that make you become. Let's fight. Let's talk. Let's talk. It's your battles that make you become. Every battle that you beat, I'm becoming somebody greater. And when I become somebody greater, I can possess something greater. If you want more, become more. If you want to have more, become more. If you want to do more, become more. Please touch somebody in the building. Say, I'm becoming. Online, drop it in the comments. I'm becoming. I'm becoming. I'm becoming. And I've taught you that we access this kingdom that he's placed on the inside of us. According to, uh, look at this, Acts 14, 22. Say, how do we access the kingdom? How, how? How do we access the kingdom? We access the kingdom according to Acts 14, 22 through this. We must, which means there is no other way. You cannot sidestep process and get the same product. If you microwave this, it's going to taste microwave. Anybody ever had microwave chicken? Worst thing on the planet. Disgusting. Absolutely gross. Why? Because you're trying to sidestep process. You don't want it to take as long in the oven, so you try to sidestep process and put it in the microwave, but the microwave can't produce the same quality as the oven. Y'all not... And for some of y'all, God put you in the oven because your quality is going to be much greater than the microwave. Come here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He put them in a fiery furnace, and he heated it up seven times higher than it's normally heated because he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you're not going to be like the rest of the Hebrew boys. You're not going to be like the rest of the people you grew up with. I'm increasing the temperature for you because you will not be microwave. You will not be microwave. Would you look over at somebody, please, and say, you are not microwave material. You're... Let's go. You are not microwave material. Type it in the comments. You're not microwave material. And because you're not microwave, your process takes longer. Because you're not microwave, your process has more ingredients. Because you're not microwave, watch me. You're not already prepackaged and you pulled me out the freezer. Because you're microwave, God had to take some things from scratch. Let's preach. Because you're not microwave, God have to get the ingredients from the store. Because you're not microwave, God have to do things that you think are taking too long. But God says, this is going to produce a quality, watch me, that money can't buy. This is going to produce a quality that everybody won't be able to understand. But I wish you knew you are becoming. You are becoming. You are becoming. Type it in the comments. I am becoming. We must, through many tribulations, Many means that you're not going to just going to have one problem. You're going to have lots of problems. You have lots of tribulations. You know who I feel bad for? The people who don't go through anything. Because if you're not going through anything, that means God's not manifesting anything. If you're not going through, watch me. Stop looking at your friends and family who don't, they ain't never go through nothing. And, and notice, they don't have anything either. Notice, they're miserable. Notice, their lives, watch me, they halfway feel worth living them. I need those of you in this building that are with me right now and those of you that are watching me online where all of us are this morning, I need you to take five seconds to praise the God, watch me, that didn't stop your tribulation, but the God that gave you the strength to get through your tribulation. When I count to three, you release your praise. One, two, three, go, release your praise, right? Go with me. Hallelujah. 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 Let's go. We must through many tribulations, which means internal pressures. So I've got something internally that's putting a demand on me. Something external is putting an internal demand on me. It's with internal pressures and no good options, which means the option may be good to you, but it's not good to me. See, never ever take counsel from people who don't even know what it is to have options. You were created to succeed, so don't take your, don't take your, watch me, don't take counsel from those who live in struggle. 
You don't even know what it is to have an option or do I spend, watch me, a half a million or, or three million. If you don't know options at that level, don't give me your opinion because your opinion is nothing more than an odious stench of what you wish you could do. We must, through many tribulations, internal pressures, no good options. They may be good to one person, but not good to another. Because good options, that's a relative term, which means it may be good to one, but it may not be good to me because I'm looking at it from a different perspective. Through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So where did he put the kingdom? In us. Well, how, does he, how do we access that? Through tribulations. He says, through many tribulations, you'll enter the kingdom of God. The word enter there means you arise by going through. Look at me. You cannot stop. <clears throat> Look at me. You cannot give up. Look at me. You cannot become like everybody else in your family. Look at me. You cannot become like everybody else in your bloodline. Look at me. You cannot become like, watch me, your friends. Look at me. You cannot become like the people who keep, you're doing too much. No, you're not doing enough. It don't take all of that. You wouldn't know what it takes because you don't have anything. You cannot, hear me clearly, you cannot let people talk you out of entering the kingdom. Watch me, because people who refuse to go in don't want to see you go in. And I pray and prophesy over your life that you would not let people stop you from going in. I pray and prophesy over your life that you would not let people stop you from walking in what God has ordained. I pray that you would have an MC hammer grace. You too legit. You too legit to quit. You'll be like Paul. This one thing that I do. I forget those things that are behind and I press. I press. I press. Would you take somebody in the comments and tell them keep pressing. In the building, tell somebody say keep pressing. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. You better arise by going through. The only way to the other side is you got to go through. The only way to get to your promises, you got to go through. The only way to get to what God promised you is you have to go through. We must through. We must through, which means my tribulation, I feel like shouting right here, is not the end of my story. Uh, this is not the end of my story. Watch me. Pain is not permanent. I feel like preaching right through here. Tribulation is not permanent. Trouble does not last always. And I came to tell somebody, your troubles for this month are just about over. Your troubles for this year are just about over. Guess what? You passed. You passed. I wish you'd touch somebody in the building, take somebody online, tell them, say, you passed. You passed. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God, which means to get access to what's in me, I have to go through tribulation. Here's why. You don't really know. Think about, think about some toothpaste. Anybody ever had some toothpaste and you knew there was toothpaste in there? What did you do? You put pressure on it. You missed me. Look, look at me. Let me make it clear. You paid for it. And because you paid for it, you said, I want to get everything out of it that I paid for. That's Why does the Lord let me go through this? He bought you. And when he paid for you, he said, I expect to get everything out of you that I paid for that's in you. And for some of y'all, you got to hear me. You can feel like, why me? I have a question. Why not you? He paid a price 2,000 years ago on Calvary so that you can have life and life more abundantly. And I want you to hear me and clear, hear me clearly. He is not going to lose on his investment. Mm. I need you to make this declaration. Say, so he's not going to lose on his investment. He's not... But all of these tribulations, they will become toxic if they are mismanaged or misunderstood. See, tribulation is the only way to enter into the kingdom. But what happens when the tribulation enters you? I'll say it again. If tribulation is the only way to enter in the kingdom, what do you do when the tribulation enters you? See, you can be out of the tribulation, but the tribulation remain in you, and the name of that is toxic. You can be out of the bad relationship, but the, the nature of the bad relationship is still in you. That's called toxic. You can be out of the bitter situation, but the bitterness remain in you. That's called toxic. You can be out of the abusive home, but the nature of the abuse that you received is still in you. That's called toxic. Say toxic. And what is toxic? It means containing or being poisonous capable 
of causing death or serious debilitation, which means when something is toxic, it causes death. Things always end, watch me, and they're final. Mm. For some of you, you've got a, a list of body bags. There's, there's a list of names. There's, it, nothing ever ends peacefully with you. Everything always has to be drama with you. And for some of you, your drama, watch me, your drama became trauma, and the trauma is toxic. It was only supposed to be, watch me, a bitter moment, but you've made it a bitter decade. It was only supposed to be a betraying moment, but now you walk around believing that everybody's going to be a Judas. You better hear me. Jesus had one Judas, and he had 11 good ones. I'm here to tell some of y'all, if you're toxic, you're always focusing on the one negative instead of the 11 good. And I pray that this month, you're about to focus on your 11 good. What if I told you you got more for you? Then you do against you. You got more people clapping for you. But you know who you're paying attention to? The one that's not clapping. You know who you're paying attention to? The one that's not supporting you. But you got 40 people show up at your event. And you looking at the one that you invited that didn't come. Why? Because your toxic has you paying attention to what's toxic. Because poison likes poison. You ready? Here's the next definition. Next definition. It's an asset that's lost too much value to be sold on the market, which means when something becomes toxic, its value begins to decrease. And for some of you, the, the tribulations made you toxic so that you don't even see yourself properly. There's one thing to be arrogant. And you know what arrogance is? It's nothing more than toxic low self-esteem. Arrogance and pride is nothing more than toxic low self-esteem. See, arrogant and prideful people really don't think that much of themselves, so they have to project extra like they do. They're overcompensating for the fact that they don't feel like they're much, so they have to walk around and beat their chest like they're much. And I don't know who needs to hear this. I'm so glad that God broke pride off of you. He broke arrogance off of you to where you recognize and you realize, pay attention, that God, watch me, I realize everything I have, God did it. Wait a minute, let's have a praise break in the experience. Everything I have, the Lord gave it to me. Every good thing that's going on in my life, the Lord did it for me. And I'm not, watch me, I'm not so high on my own supply that I think that I did this. I know that if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, would you open up your mouth say, God did this, God did this. It's, watch me, it's when an asset that's lost too much value, it can't be sold on the market. Can I go deep? Say go deep, Bishop. For some of you, you wonder why you attract low-quality people. You attract low-quality people because when you're toxic, you can't even be offered to the market. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about, watch me, you attract low-quality friends. You attract low-quality business partners. Watch me, because when your value has deteriorated so much, you can't even be sold on the open market. Let's go further. It means very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way. And the word insidious to me is the most, the most interesting part of the definition because insidious means proceeding in a gradual, subtle way with harmful effects, which means this thing, pay attention, you didn't see it. You didn't see it happening. See, it's one thing to, to have something traumatic happen because of your tribulation and it's so traumatic, you know it made you toxic. It's a whole nother thing when you didn't see this happen and it built up over the years. Come here, children of Israel. For 430 years, they've been in Egyptian bondage. They've been in Egyptian slavery for 430 years. So now we recognize there's more than one generation that that 430 years represents. So what happens? Toxicity builds up in one generation, goes to the next. Builds up in one, goes to the next. Builds up in one goes to the next, build up in one, and goes to the next, builds up in one, goes to the next. And the problem is, is that nobody ever detoxed. So now you have toxic families. You have toxic parents. You got toxic grandparents. You got toxic cousins. You got toxic kids. You got everybody toxic. Everybody is toxic, and it's subtle. It, it happened over time. Which means, there, there's something called boiling frog theory. Anybody familiar with the wave at me in the comments? Boiling frog theory says, if you drop a frog in hot water, that frog is immediately going to jump out because it recognizes that there's, watch me, that that water is toxic for them. That hot water will kill them. Uh, uh, the amphibious nature that they have doesn't allow them to survive in waters of that temperature. But boiling frog theory says, if you begin to gradually heat that water, 
The frog will stay in that water and eventually die because you did it, pay attention, in an insidious way. And for some of you all, you've had so many things you've gone through. So many things you've overcome, so many things that you had to handle, you didn't even recognize that you've become toxic. But I pray that this month that God would show you any area of your life where you have become toxic and that God would give you the ability to detox. Please open up your mouth and say, I'm detoxing, I'm detoxing, I'm de I'm detoxing. One of the most insidious toxins, here it is, we're to the word is the spirit of infirmity. Let's go. And infirmity, you see this over and over in the scripture, um, especially when Jesus is healing people. You see this term infirmity. Drop it in the comments, infirmity. The spirit of infirmity, pay attention to the definition. It's an ailment that deprives someone of enjoying or accomplishing what they like to stop, which means it's not that they don't have desires. It's not that they don't have something they want to do. But the ailment deprives them of the ability to do it and to enjoy it. Let's stop. Because some of you, watch me, your infirmity won't even let you enjoy your success. Your infirmity, you're making good money, but your infirmity makes you think that you might lose it. Let's stop. You're doing better now than you've ever done, but your infirmity makes you think that you're never, ever going to get back to that place again. But I came to tell you the devil is a liar and his mama is too. Would you please in the building touch somebody and say you'll be set free from your infirmity. You'll, in the comments, type that you'll be set free from your infirmity. You will accomplish what God's created you to accomplish and you will enjoy everything. I'm refused to go through hell and high water and tribulation and not enjoy what I have overcome. But look at the next definition of infirmity. It, but listen, it's the handicaps that go with the weakness, not the weakness itself. Pay attention. The issue and infirmity and the spirit of infirmity, spirit, mindset, infirmity, handicap. The spirit of infirmity is an insidious toxin that, you ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? You ready for this? That makes you, look at the screen, the issue isn't the issue. The issue is how you handle it and how you handle it can infirm you so that you act helpless. So the spirit of infirmity is the mentality of handicap. It's the mentality of I can't. It's the mentality of it won't work. You ain't tried nothing. It's the mentality of nobody's for me. Did you ask? It's the mentality that says I, I, nothing ever works for me, but you never work anything. Nobody ever helps me except for everybody that helped you. But because your spirit, your mentality of handicap, you think that you're in a predicament, in a circumstance, or in a situation that you are not. Pay attention. when You will act helpless when you have the spirit of infirmity. And here's the truth. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how bold you are. All of us have dealt with this spirit of infirmity. Because we've said, I can't when you could. Some of you keep talking about problems. You don't have a problem because you have the money to pay for it. Therefore, you don't have a problem. There are certain things. Money answers all things. You don't have a problem. Just pay the money to fix that. You don't have a problem. Like me. If there's a Jonah on your boat, just kick him off your boat. But I can't. I feel so helpless. I, my family, my family. It's, it's not that helpless of a situation. Sometimes you got to love people from a distance. The spirit of infirmity will have you acting helpless. So pay attention. Job 22, 28 says this. You will succeed in whatever you choose to do. When you have a spirit of infirmity, you don't make choices. The spirit of infirmity keeps you from making choices. The spirit of infirmity keeps you from choosing to do anything because you don't want to fail at anything. The spirit of infirmity will keep you in indecision because you're afraid to make a bad decision. And watch me. And you're scared that a good decision might be too good to be true. You will succeed in whatever you choose to do. I need you to drop it in the comments. I'm choosing. I'm choosing. I'm choosing. I'm and the Lord will shine and the light will shine on the road ahead of you. And the light will shine on the road ahead of you. And the light will shine on the road ahead of you. And the light will shine on the road ahead of you. So let me give you an example of this in John chapter 5. In John chapter 5, verse number 3. Let me give you an example of this. John chapter 5, verse number 3. 
John 5 and 3. Let me give you an example of the spirit of infirmity. Do me a favor. Like this video. Tell me where you're watching from and share. If you haven't shared, I need you to share wherever you're at. If you haven't shared, I need you to share wherever you're at. Let's go. So there's this man. And this man has been in this predicament for 38 years. Pay attention. He's been there for 38 years. He, he's in a place called Bethesda. And in Bethesda, there are five different porches, five different platforms, if you will, where people are laying. Pay attention. And the Bible says it's not just a few people. It's a multitude of people, which means most people deal with the toxicity of infirmity. And these lay a great multitude of sick people. Uh, sick people means infected people. Say infected. Blind people, which means they can't see. Watch, watch me. Uh, not only could they, were there blind people there, but there were lame people. Lame means they couldn't move forward. You have infected people. You have people who can't see. You have people who can't move forward. And you have paralyzed people. This means they're powerless and ineffective. Watch me. These four groups of people, sick blind, lame, and paralyzed, they're all there waiting. The spirit of infirmity makes you wait for what you don't have to wait for. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. The spirit of infirmity puts you in a position of you say, I can't yet, when the reality is you've had a green light for months. You've had a green light for years. What the heck are you waiting on? For those of you in the building, we're almost done. I need you to touch somebody next to you and say, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Online, type it in the comments. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Well, here's what these four groups of people are doing. They're waiting for the moving of the water. They're all waiting. They're infected, can't see, can't move forward. They're powerless and ineffective. They're waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Which means they're all waiting for something that can only happen to one. Multitudes of people are waiting for the miracle that can only happen for one. Which means for some of you, you keep waiting on what, watch me, on what is planned for one and you're missing your plan. Okay, y'all ain't going to say that. You keep saying one day, baby, two day. Yep. If I just get one person to give me a million, watch me, you're waiting on one thing to happen. And God says you're missing what's happening because you're waiting on something to happen. I need you to make sure, I'm almost through through here. I need you to make sure you're next to a faith person. You're watching with a faith person and just tell them, say, we're not waiting no more. We're not waiting, we're not waiting no more. Uh-uh. If you were going to start it, start it this month. If you were going to do it, do it this month. If you're going to make it happen, make it happen this month. An angel went down on a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease that he had. Verse 5. Now, a certain man. Why does this man have no name? So you can put yourself right there. And I need you to make this declaration. I'm a certain man. I'm a certain woman if you're a lady. I'm that certain one, which means this ain't going to happen for everybody because it's a multitude of people with the spirit of infirmity. But I'm going to be the one that is the exception. I'm going to be the one that is not bound. I'm going to be the one that this is not their issue. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity. How long? 38 years. What did he have? An infirmity. What did he not have? Let's go back to verse 3. What did he have? Infirmity. What did he not have? He wasn't sick. He wasn't blind, he wasn't lame, he wasn't paralyzed. He didn't have any of those issues, yet he was hanging around people with those issues. What is it about you that puts you around people who don't have the same? He is in a predicament and a position that he has no business being in because he doesn't have those issues. He's not infected, he's infirmed. Oh my God. He's not infected. He's infirm. He's not blind. He's not paralyzed. He's infirm. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him, I like the Bible, lying there. Why doesn't it say laying there? I don't like your quiet. I don't like your quiet. Why doesn't it say that the man was laying there? That's the appropriate word, right? No, because Jesus said, Ninja, you lying. 
ain't nothing wrong with you. You just have a spirit of infirmity. You keep saying you can't, but you can. You keep stopping and blocking your own self. But I pray that every lie would be shut down. Every lie you've been telling to yourself would be shut down. Every lie that you've been speaking over your life, that it would be shut down. Please open your mouth and say, and the lies have got to go. And the lies have got to go. When Jesus saw him lying there. Not laying there, because he was lying. In his laying was a lie. In his laying was a lie that this is all I can do. Can I be honest with you? Here's why God isn't into your excuses, because you're lying. Here's why God isn't moved by your tears, because you're lying. Here's why God isn't moved. I'm just so much. God is like, you're lying. I built you so I know what you can carry. I built you so I know what you can do. I built you so I know what you have the ability to make happen. So he saw him what? Lying there. Watch what he says to the man. Do you want to be made well? He doesn't introduce himself. He doesn't say, I'm Jesus, the Christ. He doesn't say, I'm the son of the most high God. He doesn't say any of that. He just says, I have a question. Do you want to be better? Notice, notice what he doesn't say, you all. He doesn't say, do you want to be healed? Because he didn't need to be healed. Y'all ain't gonna talk. He didn't need to be healed. Something in him was toxic. Do you want to be made well? Which means you don't need a healing. So I'm going to stop lying to you like everybody else around you been lying to you and telling you, oh, woe is you and oh, it's so bad. No, you're lying. You don't need a healing. You just need to be made well. You just need a divine detox. Quiet in this building. Quiet alive. Verse 7. Now watch what the Bible calls him. The sick man answered him. Well, wait a minute. I thought he was infirm. Why does the Bible shift? Why does John shift to call him sick? Because after Jesus asked the question, we discover that he's infected with infirmity. The reality is his only sickness is his toxicity. That for 38 years has had him stuck like Chuck. Now, I don't know who Chuck is, but I know that he was stuck. Watch what he says. Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. Wait a minute. Uh, Why do you need to go into the pool? When the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. How many people were there? A multitude. Somebody say a whole lot. A whole lot. Jack doesn't come. It's a whole lot of people. He says, but while I am walking down, um, another steps down before me. Now, I want you to pay attention to the verse because you missed the whole revelation and we got to go. Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up, but while I am coming. You missed it. But while I'm coming. Another steps down before me. Okay, okay. You, you know. So wait a minute, ninja. You laying on this porch waiting for the water to stir, but you can walk. Because you just said, while I'm coming, another one steps down before me, which infers and implies that you both are using the same modality of transportation, which is your legs when legs take steps, which means why are you still stuck here? Because he has the spirit of infirmity and it's a toxin that makes you act helpless. That makes you think you cannot do what you can do. I'm teaching better than y'all said amen in these comments. You ready? Verse 8. Pay attention to what Jesus does not do. Because he know he's lying. He doesn't even engage his lie. Because the lie is nothing more than the fruit of the toxic. You're lying because you're toxic. You keep saying you can't because you're toxic. You just told me you were walking to the water. Yet you lying on this bed like you cannot walk. 
but you had enough to walk toward the water. My question is, why did you just jump in the water? My question is, why are you still here anyhow if you can walk? You know why? I feel like preaching. Because when you're toxic, you love being around sick people. This explains your friends. This explains the people you're drawn to. This explains the people that you, I'm just there to do ministry. You ain't doing ministry with them. Y'all all miserable, toxic people. This is why even in church, you can see little cliques that people will try to put together and they'll have little toxic cliques. And then if you don't get toxic like them, then they try to throw toxic stuff on you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. They do it on your job. If you don't get toxic like them, then they'll try to talk about you. I'm so glad that God keeps you away from toxic people. I'm so glad that God keeps you away from toxic situations and circumstances Jesus said to him I'm done rise take up your bed and do what you could do the whole time rise that word rise in Greek means get up from your sleep because when you're toxic watch me sometimes the only way that you you deal with your toxicity is you just are constantly tired so you're always sleeping he says, get up from your sleep, your sitting, or your lying, and your obscurity, your inactivity, and your ruins. Take up your bed. The phrase, take up your bed in Greek literally means this, remove your bed. In other words, get rid of your excuses. Mm. And for some of y'all, this month, God says, I'm getting rid of your excuses. I'm you ain't even going to be able to hold on to that no more. You said you didn't have money. God's about to send it. Oh, my God. You said you didn't have somebody to help you. God says, I'm going to send that. You said you didn't have somebody to lead you through it. God says, I'm going to send that. I'm about to take your bed this month. Remove your bed and walk. Pay attention to what he never says to him. Be healed. I command this spirit. No. Because the man didn't need anything. Except the divine detox. The word walk there, it literally means this. Walk around the obstacles and make progress and maximize your opportunities. Well, I'm trying to get up, but look at all these sick and paralyzed and lamed. And mm -mm. He said walk around them. You know your problem? When you walk up to something, you start trying to figure out how to get through it. Not recognizing, let's go around it. I got all of these obstacles. I can't get around it. Everything's blocking me. Everything. This? This little acrylic stool. This Matter of fact, if you're smart, you'd sit on the obstacle. And watch me. And you take what was meant for evil and watch it turn. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn that thing. He says, take up your bed and walk. Walk around the obstacles to make progress and maximize your opportunities. Verse 9, here it is, we're done. And immediately, come on, 915, come on, 1115, come on, everybody online, type that in the comments, immediately, immediately. And immediately the man was made well. From what? What was he made well from? The spirit of infirmity. He didn't need a healing. How many are praying, waiting on something you don't actually need? How many of you are waiting on permission you already have? And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed. What does that mean? He removed it. And he walked. Look at me. He could walk the whole time. He could walk the whole time. Toxic will have you thinking you can't do what you can do. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now for every person that's watching. And I pray, God, that wherever there's been a spirit of infirmity, that thing be broken. And all caps in the comments type broken. Broken. That thing be broken. It's a spirit, so it's a mentality. It's a thought process. And I pray that that thing be broken right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name that's above every name, the spirit of infirmity is broken. It's broken. Listen, if you're watching me online, where all of us are this morning, and you need to give your life to the Lord, you can't be healed, or excuse me, you can't be released from a spirit of infirmity if you don't know the God 
that is God of the spirit of infirmity. What does that mean? He's got power. Today, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure wherever you're at, you text Harvest to 55498 or scan the QR code in just a second. But when I count to three, you're going to do the hand with emoji or say it's me. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure wherever you're at. One, two, three. Wherever you're at, you do respond right there in those comments. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Come on in the app, the website, wherever you're watching from. Wherever you're watching from. Wherever you're watching from. I want everybody to pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace and be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up again. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. Thank you for this divine detox. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, you just prayed that prayer. I just gave you those instructions. I'm going to give it to you again. Text Harvest to 55498. Enter the option for salvation or scan the QR code. Listen, secondly, some of you, you've given your life to the Lord. Um, you're a Christian, but you don't have a shepherd. And a shepherd is a covering, and anything uncovered spoils. Jeremiah 3 says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. You don't have to live in Denver or Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America or around the world and be a part of the Harvest family. All you have to do is text Harvest to 55498 or scan that QR code. And when you do that, we're going to shoot you a message right away to show you how to connect and be a part of the Harvest family. Just let us know in the option there that you want to join Harvest. And when you're joining Harvest, what you're really joining is you're saying, I found the voice that God's assigned me to. And when you find that voice, you lock into that voice. When you find that voice, you don't have to go to the buffet because you have the best. What do I mean by that? That's not to self-aggrandize. It just means I don't need to hear 50 voices because I know my voice. This is the principle I live by. While I'm a man in authority, I'm a man under authority. And I don't, I don't have 50 voices. Mm -mm. I know who I'm assigned to. I know who I'm accountable to. And that's the voice that I lock into. Because what happens is when you go to the buffet, sometimes you get indigestion because you're eating too many things that don't go together. You're eating Chinese food with macaroni and cheese. Baby, bye. That, ain't that gross? Egg foo young with some macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes with some pieces of pizza and some cookies. But that's what they give you at a buffet. And if you ever notice at a buffet, nothing's great. It's all good. It's okay. Edible. But have you ever noticed that there's not much nutritional value? It's just cheap and easy. When you find the voice God has, and I'm not knocking buffets. Because let's be clear. Sometimes, let's be clear. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let's be clear. I'm not going to, I'm making a principle. When you find the voice God's assigned you to, you lock into that voice. Listen, if you came in late, you weren't able to give, I want you to get your giving ready. We're faithful givers. That's why the people of Harvest flourish. I will never apologize as your shepherd for teaching you about finances, for teaching you about being faithful givers. That's why the people of Harvest are blessed the way that we are. That's why God opens doors for us, makes ways for us. That's why God continues to bless us to be a blessing because we're faithful givers. Tonight, you're going to hear at the pop-up in Atlanta, online and in person in Atlanta, you're going to hear the updated number of decisions, and, and we're going to take next steps. It's going to be amazing. But listen, if you came in late, get your giving ready. We're going to sow the seal today, and here's our seed. Our seed for this word is really, really simple. Our seed for this word is going to come right from John chapter 5 and verse number eight so our seed is 58 58 is our seed five grace eight a new beginning the grace for a new beginning it was in verse eight that jesus said get up get up walk 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 if you keep reading the story you discover that jesus runs into the guy later and when jesus runs into the guy later he says now don't sin anymore lest a worse thing come upon you which means you know how he got toxic he was doing stuff he had no business doing. And when you're doing stuff you ain't got no business doing, you can end up getting poisoned. And that poison blocked his life for 38 years. And I pray for every person in the sound of my voice, that's over. That's over. That's over. 58 is our seed. He said, Bishop, I don't have 58. Get as close as you can to it. You know what amazes me is the people who always eat never sow. The people who always receive and never give. 
You know what they call that in the world? Theft. Go eat at a restaurant and get up and say, I'm not, I ain't going to put, I ain't, they call that theft. I'm not trying to say that to say anything negative. I'm saying that to say to you, if you want to see harvest, you got to sow seed. If you want to see the word work for you, you have to release, right? How can you do that? Use Cash App, dollar sign, Bishop Form with the number two. PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Givelify, that's available. The email is hello at harvest, search that church. You can use text to give. That's the way I used to give. You can use text to give. That's the way I used to give. Let me get my seed in the ground. I always, I never ask you to do what I don't do. I never teach you to do what I do not do. We're faithful givers, y'all. And that's what we're flourish. That's why we flourish. And money will not be your issue. I said, and money will not be your issue. Come on, lift your giving to the Lord in the building and the line. And of course, you can scan the QR code. And say, I'm blessed to be a blessing because I'm a faithful giver. I flourish. All things work together for my good. In Jesus' name, thank you for divine detox in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, let's give online. I'll see you tonight. They're going to put the information up for you tonight. If you're in Atlanta, you got family in Atlanta, we'd love for you to be a part of our pop-up tonight. It's a pop-up. What's a pop-up? This means it's not all of the bells and whistles and all of that. It's a pop-up tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern time. That's 4 p.m. Mountain time. Register if you got family. Tell them to get to the building. It's going to be an amazing experience. Let's do it together, everybody. Love God, love people, and love life. Listen again. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every day, my employees get scam emails. I wanted to protect my business and clients, so I checked out CISA's secure our world. They've got four simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. Learn more at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world.